Fortunately, we're not live yet. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like really quiet, but it just super wasn't. It was awesome. Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We are back in the studio once again. Yes. We heard you guys. You said, wow, we really like the WAN Show being in the studio with Luke and Linus together. And we said, you know what? That was the plan already. Yeah. So that worked out great for everyone. <laughs> Got a lot of great topics for you guys today. Best Buy has been accused of scalping PlayStation 5s. That is a pretty <clears throat> controversial topic. Speaking of controversy, we have a video coming out that isn't even up on YouTube yet, but has managed to split our community, generating a fair bit of controversy. We're going to be talking about the Hasanabi PC build. Later oh on in the show, what else we got today, Luke? You've heard of the Vive Pro, but have you heard about the Vive Flow? Probably. Cause, yes, because uh, it all leaked. Yeah. And also it's announced now, but yes. And and this is a you know an aggregation show at the end of the week, so you've probably heard about all of this kind of stuff. Like the Pixel 6 and Pixel Pass, which were also leaked. We'll talk about that later. Let's roll that intro! <laughs> And the show is brought to you today by LG, whoops, Tux Care. Okay, can I press these two at the same time? Let's see if this works. Oh, okay. Uh, and FreshBooks. Um, well, we're still getting, <laughs> we're still getting the hang of being back in the studio. How did that even work? I will explain it when you're older. Oh, so wow. why don't we jump right into our first topic for the day? Best Buy has been accused of scalping. PlayStation 5. So they're PlayStation 5. These PlayStation 5. Um, the latest PS5 restock happened earlier this week, but there's a catch. Anyone looking to make That's a amazing. purchase will also have to be a member of Best Buy's Total Tech program. Yeah, $200 annually. $200 annually. With that said, the Total Tech program does have a lot of great benefits, Luke. For example, you oh. get 24-7 tech support, 24 months of product protection on most Best Buy purchases, free delivery, access okay. to exclusive Total Tech member prices, extended exchange windows, and VIP access to dedicated phone and chat teams. So it's like Amazon Prime for Best Buy, but with different stuff. It's like a Costco membership. But with different stuff, yeah. But with completely different... Actually, it's, like, very similar. So Costco's whole thing is, like, really good support, extended exchanges. Do you have the product protection thing? The right to buy, buy stuff at all. Well, with Costco, it's not even, like, a matter of whether you have product protection Oh, you just, or like, not. You bring just it in? literally yeah. take it back, and you're like, it, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> it, just, it, I, I ran it into a wall, yeah. and I don't like it anymore. <laughs> to be clear, that's an extremely big problem because, to my knowledge, Costco does not actually put those items back on the shelf and a lot of the time they actually end up getting wasted so mm -hmm. um yeah so so costco has a lot of leverage over its partners and they will basically just say well we got it back so you're taking it um yeah you're well in a lot of cases no it'll be we got it back so we are not paying for it 
Oh. And we are just going to yeet it because we can't be bothered to send it back. Now, I could be wrong. It's possible that Costco doesn't work that way anymore or has never worked that way. I'm just this is my this is my disclaimer so that I don't get myself into trouble here, but allegedly a, a lot of big box stores <laughs> A lot of big box stores do operate that way, and they will have extremely long payment terms, like net uh, 180. Uh, so they are not even paying for the product until six months after they've received it. So in a lot of those cases, they could put it out on the show floor. Someone could buy it, take it home, use it for three months, bring it back, say, you know what, forget it. I don't want it anymore. And they will just literally not pay for it. And the manufacturer has no leverage whatsoever. They could demand to be paid, but then they're going to lose that account. And... You don't want to do that. You don't want to lose like Costco or Walmart. Or anyway, whatever else. back yeah. to back to the issue with Best Buy. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm going to say it's not that crazy. Okay. Why? I'm going to say it's not that crazy because they are far from the only retailer to require some kind of membership in order to get access to, I mean, buy the product at all let alone buy the product at you know a, a given price i mean that kind of thing totally exists and yeah okay. so yeah. so so here's so here basically what i'm doing is the reason i brought up costco is because i'm going to draw a parallel there if costco got a restock of playstation 5s you would have to pay a membership in order to buy it now is best by disrupting the status quo here yeah. because they had never previously required a membership in order to get access to these hot products Absolutely. And it's specifically just for hot products. So it's not the same as Costco because Costco is like access to the store as a whole. And the, most of the other memberships are free. Like, like uh, a lot of grocery store memberships, they'll, they'll show like, oh, this thing is, I don't know, five cents cheaper or whatever if you have the membership. Yes. But that's a free membership. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a little different than 200 bucks a year. How much is a Costco membership? Isn't it 80 Something like that, yeah. That's for access to the entire store. This is yes. $200 membership for access to, as far as I know, like <laughs> one item. <laughs> like, is it just a PlayStation? Well, hold on a I second, I couldn't Luke. find anything else. Maybe it's not just one item. I'm Maybe you could buy as many PlayStations as you want, which oh, could be beneficial wow. in your line oh, of work. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just making connections here. I'm just saying that you could pretty easily justify a $200 Best Buy membership mm. if you were a filthy... PlayStation 5 scalper. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think, scalpers helping scalpers, right? Best Buy's doing it. Now you're doing it. That's, Makes I sense. think, we're really, okay. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hold on. We did not, we have not charged any membership fees for, for anything <laughs> except Floatplane. Wait, I didn't mean you. And Floatplane has no benefits. <laughs> we don't even do early access there anymore. Actually, they do, do have exclusives. benefits. They do have benefits. We do yeah. exclusives and behind the scenes, meet the team. Meet the uh, team is pretty cool. Cutting room floor is one of my favorite, though, especially with stuff like the Intel Extreme Tech Upgrades. Because those videos, I mean, we'll, we'll have like four, five, six hours of footage to make a 20-minute video, yeah. there's a lot of A material that ends up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, look, I am not going to defend Best Buy, but what I have seen, or I, rather, I'm not going to earnestly defend Best Buy. I was playing devil's advocate before. I don't, I don't like it at all. I'm not going to defend Best Buy, but I saw people calling for their heads, saying it should be illegal. And the truth is, it's not. 
It's not illegal. They are far from the only retailer to require some kind of membership. I mean, even there's a badminton club that I play at where you have to buy a membership in order to have the privilege to buy court of time. buying court time. Yeah, this is this is not an unusual business model. It just is a new one for a company like Best Buy, who has I think tried very hard over the the decades they've been in business to be uh, more mainstream. I think Best Buy has has tried and succeeded at being a mainstream source for technology. And in my opinion, the damage that they're doing to their brand right now is uh, far greater than the revenue that they could possibly hope to make from this move. Um, the weird thing to me is like I'm looking at the Total Tech website. Yeah. And honestly, like, there's a couple things that I noticed on here that that weren't directly in the notes. Like, there's the Best Buy protection thing, but also if you buy an Apple product, it, it comes with Apple Care Plus. Yeah. So yeah. like, okay, okay, free installation of things that you could reasonably have installation for. When I first read that, I was like, will you install my PlayStation? Uh, but no, it's like TVs and appliances right. and stuff. Um, some VIP access, whatever. Okay, it doesn't sound that bad. Like, I don't want it, but like. They already do stuff like this. This doesn't sound too outside of the grain. Yeah. And then when they're talking about the things that you gain, yeah, they don't even mention exclusive items. They right. mention access to exclusive Total Tech member prices, right? which is very in line with a lot of these other programs. They don't yeah. mention the exclusive items. So that's very interesting to me. Anthony's clearly watching the show. He's typing in the doc right now. He goes, extended warranty and 24-7 tech support is a big benefit that used to be its own thing for that much. So yeah. some of you might not know this, but Anthony actually used to work for Geek Squad. In fact, you so used I. to work for Geek Squad. That's yeah. right. Um, so Yeah, like this doesn't really seem that bad. It's actually kind of interesting, especially if you do buy a lot of tech from there. Like a, lot of PlayStations. I like a lot of PlayStations. You know, if you just like to buy a lot of PlayStations. The, yeah, the weird thing to me is that it doesn't actually mention the exclusive items. And the timing the timing makes a ton of sense. If I was Best Buy and I wanted to milk the holiday season for as much <laughs> as humanly possible, the timing for introducing a program like this is absolutely perfect for trying to catch those holiday shoppers that will pay anything that would pay $1,000 to put a PlayStation 5 under the tree. But this way, what Best Buy is effectively doing is they're, they're taking getting that money instead of the scalpers. They're taking that couple hundred dollars and they're taking it rather than letting a scalper make it. So here is a question for you. And this really is one of those questions that has no easy answer, Luke. Mm. If that PlayStation 5 is going to sell for $700, let's say. Because uh, the disk drive version is $500 plus $200 for this Best Buy membership. If it's going to sell for $700, who should get that money? So let's assume we live in a world where, where there's nothing we can do to keep it out of the hands of scalpers. And effectively, you are not going yeah. to be able to get it for MSRP. Who should get that money? Should it be Sony? Should it be the retailer? Should it be a scalper? I think you, you saw that argument coming. Um, and I do want to talk about that. I we did can, see that we, argument we can, coming. We can talk Headed about it. it off at the we pass. We can talk about it afterwards. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like answering this, I guess, because I don't think Best Buy should do it. Because then when does that get pulled back? Well, it gets pulled back when Best Buy is Feels like it, under natural comp competitive pressure from... EB Games or from Amazon or whoever else, like pricing 
the 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 one thing capitalism does pretty well is it drives down pricing when you have legitimate competing entities. And but, but in they the could, retail space, they could space, keep this type of system around forever in a way because they don't they don't yep. say what products. Honestly, again, on their website, they literally don't mention exclusive products oh, at I, all. I think this system is here to stay, and I yeah. I, I think it's going to be very relevant around like console launches but we're not talking about the system though we're talking about if they just increased the price to what the market will bear which clearly 700 dollars. i mean these things are they're going to sell out instantly i think yeah they i think they'd sell for more than that so if they just increased if just increase the price if someone has to do it should sony take the additional money should the retailer take the additional money or should a scalper take the additional money hmm I don't think it should be the retailer for a, for a, uh, I don't think it should be basically okay, anyone, hold on. but it's going to come down to hold scalpers. Let me take, let me take, I, I, I'm going to take a stand here as a former retailer employee. We don't make that much. I don't think it, I don't think it should be the retailer. But, I don't think it should be anyone. And I think that results in it should be the scalper. If I'm being fair, the reason why I'm saying that is because it's just going to get marked up again. The market will bear. Well then, why shouldn't the retailer increase the price again? So the retailer is going to sell bear. like I could honestly see like twelve hundred dollars PlayStations. So the question for you becomes: If because I think the price to the consumer goes up, because I, th I think the scalpers are just going to hit harder if this becomes the norm. So, so tell I think me, the price this. to the consumer goes up if the retailer takes more. What's the difference? The retailer is just a middleman. The scalper is just a middleman. Ultimately, the pricing is dictated by what insane people who want to put a PlayStation 5 under the Christmas tree are willing to pay. They're not the ones making craziness happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not What's the difference? I don't think anyone should because Retailer, I think there should be better scalper, solutions. Scalper, which we're going to get into. Do you want it's a literally just further in the notes. You want a vanilla middleman? You want a chocolate middleman? Yeah. What kind of middleman you want? Neapolitan. A Neapolitan uh, middleman. <laughs> um I I want other solutions. I I don't I sure. think this is too basic. And I I th and we've been talking about this for a long time. We've done a little bit of our own efforts. Maybe we should do verified actual gamer for consoles. I don't know. If we could get our hands on them, we'd absolutely do it. Yeah. And I don't know that Verified Actual Gamer is the best solution. No, it's either. not a perfect solution. No. But it's I not. think there are better solutions. Well, okay. What? I mean, Verified Actual Gamer program was the best thing I, think, I could come up I think with legitimately. It's the best, I think it's the best thing that we could have done. Well, what, what could Best Buy do? Can be, I don't necessarily know that Best Buy can do a ton better, but PlayStation can. I mean, what? Are, okay. Okay. So here's a proposal you could have a national registry. Okay. Nice. Uh, like of, 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 put all their SIN numbers in the HTML. I'll of talk about that later. Yeah. Well, it would be a so social security number in the US, right? right. But whatever okay. the yeah. equivalent of your, your personal identification number. Okay. So you, you enter, you, you create a, a console buyer database <laughs> and you ensure that for each individual person, only one console and a maximum of five controllers can be purchased in case they break one. <laughs> then that's it. That's the rules. That's all. That's all you're allowed to have. I think having but, some type of some type of registration process for buying a console is fine. I, oh, I don't think on, you, I don't think you have to use a social security number. I think there's other ways. But to do then it. there's I mean there's going to be a way around it. I mean we talked about this back when BC rolled out that vaccine that vaccine app where basically you just like flashed this app that is it's so stupid because it's just a screenshot 
of, okay, there's a QR code. It, it's like, it's better now. But the point is, it was basically just, um, the, the, there, was a, there was a screenshot that you could just show to anyone. And unless they had the scanner, which nobody had them yet, there was no way that they could validate anything. And then before that, it was literally a piece of paper. Like your, your vaccine verification documentation was a piece of paper that when you went in and got immunized, they didn't even, they didn't even, yeah, I'm just making sure there's, if someone cares what lot number of Pfizer I got, then they can see it, I guess. doesn't matter. The point <laughs> is they gave you this stupid piece of cardboard that could obviously be like copied in two seconds. And, they and were. when I crossed the border, they didn't even want to see the app. I was like going to load up the app and show it to them. They were like, no, I need your piece of paper. They didn't even tell me to keep this. I just held on to it because I was like, I don't know. This seems like it. someone might ask about it. They told me to keep it. They told you to keep it? Yeah. Well, they didn't tell me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. I think I got mine before you. So maybe it was oh, clearer yeah. by that point yeah. that people were going to need them. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's a, okay. There's no right way to do a registry then because either it's going to be something that can be easily fooled like well, that. I mean, your two examples have nothing to do with how this would work. Or, but there is ways around Or it. it's going to be overreach. I mean, we can't have retailers. You know, having databases of citizens, that's madness. I mean, you sort of do, in I, a way. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's a thing. But that doesn't mean we should enable it more. I, it's pretty much make the it same worse. amount, right? Because if, if PlayStation re retracts and goes like, no, all the retailers are doing a horrible job. We're going to track this from now on. We're going to manage this from now on. They could do it. You mean Sony? Who did I say? PlayStation. But oh, like, yeah, Sony. Yeah. Yeah. So if Sony yeah. decides to create their own registry, well, then you've got all kinds of other complicated issues because you've got uh, effectively a foreign entity that is collecting information on like, <laughs> you know, American or Canadian or European I citizens. Think they are like, regardless, though, because if you have like a PSN account, you have to put in all your information. That's true. But to buy a PlayStation, you don't need to have a PSN account. Yeah. I don't, I think it's, I think they're still getting information regards. I, they could also work with retailers to have like one pool that the other retailers don't get to see. But like when you try to check out, it compares against. And you're going to have people abuse it anyway. I mean, one of the biggest problems for retailers is Every not their policies. Every family is going to buy a PlayStation. Yeah. There's yeah, definitely exactly. ways around it. But I, I feel like some amount of effort would be better than clearly nothing. Like there's, there's individual people that are getting hundreds of these. And, like, the same thing's happening with graphics cards, right? Yeah. People are getting pallets of them. Like, there is, there is some amount of work that is actively being done, not by the scalpers to funnel these things into scalpers' hands because Absolutely. it's easier for these groups of people to do Absolutely. it. Because if they, if they receive a pallet of graphics cards, you don't have to market it anymore. You don't have to deal with a bunch of customers anymore. You can yep. make there's an no, agreement. No returns. You can make an agreement with these yep. miners or scalpers or whoever that there's no returns. Reduce transaction fees. You can do all this kind of stuff by yep. just selling the whole pallet as one thing, right? And you guys got to understand, like particularly in computer retail, you're lucky to make five to six points on a sale. Yeah. So okay, let's let's break that down, right? Because you've got to pay probably I, I think NCIX after some fixed amount paid about a 1% commission on your sales. Okay, so maybe you're paying a salesperson commission. Even if you're not, you're paying them to stand there and sell yeah, it instead of something. selling yeah. something else. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's overhead there. You're going to be paying some overhead in um, transaction processing fees. So with credit cards, that can be as much as like greater than 1%. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you can be you can be eating it there. Uh, you are you're taking up shelf space. You're paying actual you know rent Customer to, to store these things. Yep. Uh, you're going to get some returns. It's pretty typical. Even verified actual gamer got somewhere in the neighborhood of around two percent returns, or people just canceling orders, and then we're just kind of sitting there going, okay, we came up with a system because the way verified actual gamer worked, we had this um, database of customers. Uh, who wanted the cards. Uh, so the people who were the next ones through the gauntlet, we would just contact them and say, hey, you were the next one in the gauntlet. Uh, someone ended up not wanting it. Here you go. But the point is that there's so much overhead that if you could have a single customer take that whole thing, pay by, pay by wire instead of credit card, you've got that money immediately. There's no worrying about chargeback, like friendly fraud, anything like that. Make your agreement that they can't do any returns. So I understand why they do it, but it's really, really, and right, the big, the bigger issue is there's no consequences. No, outside of shaming that takes place on social media, like which they don't care about at all. Just to be very clear. Oh yeah, retailers uses. don't. The manufacturer is the one that ends up looking bad when some mining operation posts a picture of the sixty graphics cards that they just picked up, or right? Like a lot more, or a lot more than that. Um, so there's, there's really, like there's, there's been pictures, there's of no like consequences. Somebody rolls up their garage and it's literally just full of PlayStation fives. And like, if, if there's, if there's basically any genuine effort and there isn't effort from either retailers or Sony or whatever to do the other side, like if, if the only amount of effort coming from the people selling it that aren't scalpers is to stop scalpers, that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. Because no individual person should be able to get their hands on like tens or hundreds of these things. And to be clear, when we say they shouldn't be able to, we don't mean legally they shouldn't yeah. be able to. There's a lot of people calling for laws against scalping. But going back to my earlier that point, what is the really sticky? What is the difference between a retailer and a scalper? And there's also like, how do you differentiate between like you buy something, you use it, you enjoy it? It's not a return because it's not broken, and now you want to sell it, which should be completely allowed. And how would you how would you enforce that? Yeah, you could there's say also, okay. There's also stores that literally just function that way. Yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of I I used to I used to work in produce, um, and one of the local sushi shops would walk in and like load up on groceries and then go effectively sell it by turning it into food. Like how do how do you? That's kind of basic. But there's now, also places that'll go buy stuff from Costco and resell it in their own stores. Like yep. water bottles. A lot of gas stations and 100%. stuff will just buy like drinks from Costco. I mean, Costco has a business membership like, yeah. for that. So what's the, what's the difference? Now, Dave Jur says, in the U.S., there are laws against it with certain items. Well, yeah, but a PlayStation 5 is not essential. Mm. I don't think anybody oh, is going to so make like, that argument okay yeah. yeah like there there are anti-scalping anti-hoarding laws that do exist and right because that came into play with like the the, the alcohol cleaning stuff and all this kind of exactly stuff COVID. yeah exactly yeah but as long as it's as long as it's a non-essential item like a game console i really i really don't think you're going to win that battle and yeah. honestly i don't think it's the right answer the right answer is for everybody to just not pay the higher price yeah but unless you can get all of humanity to get together and cooperate on that which it's not gonna happen is not going to happen no. there's just there really just is nothing that can be done about it so back to my original point you know what i've kind of i've kind of come around back to my original point i say it might as well be the retailer i 
I think it's kind of moot because because of the as 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 long as people are going to pay whatever and they're going to pay whatever. Yeah. Then it it just doesn't even really matter. John Wick says other stores like EB Games require you to buy at least a hundred dollars of other stuff when you purchase your PS5 from them. I think that's more reasonable because that's just Conrad, by the way. Uh, oh, Conrad. Oh, yeah. Well, Conrad, change your username. It's confusing. Yeah. Uh, Conrad's one of the floatplane staff. <laughs> anyway, the point is that I think that's a lot more reasonable because I think that when you're buying a console, you're pretty likely to need like a game and a second controller or something like that. Like it's it's unfortunate that Best Buy is... Okay, now I've come, I've come back around again. I've, I've 180 again. I wouldn't mind a more... Uh, who was it who was doing that? Uh, sorry, I lost your message, Conrad. Uh, EB Games, apparently. I wouldn't mind something like that. Like, look, you've got to purchase something else as well. But making you buy effectively the extended warranty is pretty crappy. So what they're doing isn't wrong. It's not illegal. It's just crappy. And if you don't like it, then you should sh- stop shopping at Best Buy. Shop somewhere else. Yeah. Um, Vote with your wallet. Yeah. I mean, you can. Sony is apparently offering the opportunity to purchase a PlayStation 5 console directly. So they've set up a website for that. I mean, this makes a ton of sense to me. Again, I would rather see the manufacturer take the additional value. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't think you're paying for it no you are you're paying msrp yeah but that means that sony is taking whatever margin there would have been for best buy yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah um all right well i think that's pretty much all i have to say about that and yeah nick has a comment that it's kind of similar to what's happening with gpus because like the msrp for gpus is just creeping slowly slowly Uh, not even that slowly, yeah. I guess, um, and not even really creeping. It's it's sprinting forward. Uh, pe- people even mentioned on the last Verified Actual Gamer Drop, they were like, wow. I mean, it's at MSRP, but it's like pretty expensive. And it's like, yeah, because the MSRP went up. Well, like something something people might not realize is I've, I've seen, uh, I'm not going to name any names. So let's just say a, uh, a, a GPU chipset maker. So this is either AMD or NVIDIA. <laughs> But I have seen them announce an MSRP, hmm. and then I've heard from board partners through the grapevine that even though the board partners are still expected to hit that MSRP somehow magically, and even though the media never get any kind of update that the MSRP has changed, I've heard about those chipsets getting more expensive to the board partners. Hmm. And then basically just these, these chipset manufacturers, or not even manufacturers, designers, because they're all manufactured by Samsung or TSMC or Global Foundries or whatever. These, these designers, be it AMD or NVIDIA, basically just sit there and let their partners take the flack, just act as a meat shield while they sit and extract more value out of their partners. And because they're all bound by NDAs that are not just NDAs, there's a lot more than the legal ramifications of leaking information from a partner like AMD or NVIDIA. Like, they will, they will cut your allocation. They're not obligated to sell you GPUs. They could sell them to somebody else. They will cut your, they will cut your allocation. They will destroy your business, and they can do it overnight. And they'll, they can be vindictive about it. Like... Oh, the man. GPU industry is so weird. It's super weird. You know, what they really so, need is so collective weird. bargaining. Like if if all the GPU board partners got together and were like, "Look, we are not going to accept three percent profit margins anymore. We are not going to hit your MSRP." I don't know if it would matter. 
I think it would. Well, it, okay, so it wouldn't matter because they would never all get together and do that. Okay, for one, yeah. But for two, I genuinely think, especially NVIDIA, honestly, I could see AMD wanting to play ball more, but especially NVIDIA, I feel like would get so cheesed about that that their immediate response would just be like, we're not working with board partners anymore. We're just going to make all our own GPUs. Get wrecked. Yeah, it would take them a while to build up the capacity to do that. It, it's And it's clear that that's been the direction that they've been moving for been a number of years definitely now. Definitely thinking about making it. Making themselves yeah. less dependent on board partners. Um, and it's kind of funny because you say you couldn't imagine AMD doing that, but that actually no, used I, to be AMD's model. Like AMD used to compete directly with their own board partners back yeah. in the, remember BBA cards? I just wouldn't see AMD get as vindictive about it. Well, I that's guess. because AMD doesn't have the option to get as vindictive. That's Nobody needs true. them as badly. That's probably true. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 look, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw any shade or anything like that. The truth of the matter is that NVIDIA's partners, whether it's through NVIDIA's actions or through their own actions, are a fair bit more dependent on NVIDIA. And um, it's a lot more lucrative to be engaged with NVIDIA on that GPU business than it is to be engaged with AMD. They just sell so many more cards so even if nvidia is squeezing you and you're only making you know four points on the board let's say amd could offer you six points because remember amd still has to have that street price competitive with nvidia and they have their own costs right it costs to get the chips fed they have to buy memory right yeah uh, they they have their own costs right so even if amd could get you more margin if nvidia boards are outselling amd boards four to one which is about what it is. Is that it? I, I thought take it was it. even worse than that. No, I think they're at about 80% market share for discrete GPU right now. Don't quote me on that because it does tend to kind of shift around. Also, how are, you, how are you measuring that? Are you just doing gamers? Are you doing like Steam survey? That's really all you can go on. Because right now it's honestly however much can be produced. Yes, but NVIDIA books way more capacity than AMD because they sell way more GPUs than AMD. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. Um, speaking of wanting to sell way more things, you want to talk about the Facebook Live audio room with Intel execs? Yeah, so that was really refreshing today. It's been a long time since I remember, man, I'm going to, hopefully I'm not going to get anybody in trouble, but I had a... <laughs> Uh, my, my, one of my contacts at Intel, Agnes, I actually haven't talked to her in forever. Uh, the last time I talked to her, I was like kind of beating her up because I was like, look, you guys have a PR problem because oh, yeah. you guys are so determined to be professional that you've lost any semblance of humanity whatsoever. Yep. You guys are a nameless, faceless organization that nobody cares about because you try so hard to be a nameless, faceless organization that nobody cares about. Um, and basically, I, I forget what I had wanted to do. Oh, I remember what this... This was around the time that they had that benchmarking scandal where they worked with the, the third mm, party yeah, or something yeah. to produce benchmarks for them that were like clearly, clearly very misleading. And then they issued this total non-apology. And I was like, no, you guys need to get a, a human face out there. You need to actually apologize like you actually mean it. And you got you to gotta, you gotta stop being so stuffy, right? So I was, I was giving her heck about it because I was like, it's, it's, it, you guys are impossible to work with right now because everyone just looks bad. You guys look bad. 
Now I look bad. And at the end of the day, and you know, she was neither able to confirm nor deny this, but at the end of the day, as far as I could tell, it was gross incompetence, not any actual willful well, They've been so willfully misleading for behavior. so long, and I know I've brought this up actually like probably double digit amount of times on my show. But yeah. I there's that there's that scenario where I talked about how they pulled out of conventions. Yes. Because they're like, oh, we don't see the ROI in it. They've just been so disconnected from like people for so long. So, it's been ridiculous. So that was one of the last conversations I actually had with Agnes. And I, I mean, she wasn't able to confirm or deny this because you know, I know how it is. But my my belief is that the reason they didn't ultimately issue an apology is because issuing an apology is the same as saying mea culpa. It's, it's admitting you did something wrong. And admitting you did something wrong to your customers, well, that's human. That's how you engage with your customers. That's how you build a relationship. That's how you build trust, right? Yeah. Admitting you're wrong from a legal standpoint, not great. Now you're opening yourself up to lawsuits. So my, my belief is that what happened there was a case of gross, utter incompetence, not from the engineers. It must have been an exec level person. Uh, again, she could not, did not get any kind of confirmation. Um, and then what I suspect is that the lawyers came in and said, whoa, we just need this to quietly go away without us actually saying we did anything wrong. Because if we do that, all of a sudden, we could be opening ourselves up to all kinds of legal action. That's what I believe happened. And it doesn't change that that just makes you look like this, this personality-less Super slimo. Like emotionless monster, right? Yeah, a bunch of suits. So, had a really refreshing conversation today. We did these, uh, we've done six now. Actually, that was the last one. We did six of these Facebook Live audio rooms um, as, a, as a partnership with Facebook. And uh, we did uh, some really good ones. Luke and I did our favorite games. Uh, we did one with Wendell, uh, Linux Then, Now, and the Future. Um, did a really great one with... Um, James and Brian, the electrician, sort of talking about, should you let your kids use tech? What's our policies? And the one today was, is Moore's Law dead? And Intel actually managed to get me two VP-level executives, and Agnes was there. That's why I brought her up, because she was there presumably to supervise, but she didn't, she didn't, she didn't step in. She didn't say anything. Uh, but I had two VP-level execs, and basically, they were like, yeah, we want to talk to you as humans. And then they did. Cool. And it was great because, I mean, I, I tweeted about this without actually, I've never met Pat Gelsinger, Gelsinger, excuse me. I've never met Pat. He's the new CEO of Intel as of about six months ago. Um, all I knew was as soon as I saw the appointment, I knew that he had a background as an engineer. And that made me really excited because Intel's previous yeah. CEO was an accounting background. And that sucks. That's not how you. That's not how you drive passion and and a and a product focused culture. You need to have someone who actually understands what you are doing, not just who you sell it to, but what you make. And so I was really excited, and I tweeted. I was like, "Thank you." You know, what does your competition, who's killing it right now, all have in common? Nvidia, engineering background CEO, AMD engineering background CEO. It's almost like there's a pattern. And I was like, I was extremely excited about it. And when I was talking to these guys today, uh, one of the things I asked them was, tell me a story. Tell me a story that illustrates to you 
how the last six months have been a turning point for Intel and how people are more excited about what they're doing. And uh, one of them came back to me and they were like, well, okay, here's something. Um, I, I brought this proposal to Pat and, and my boss and it was this like huge undertaking. Um, you know, obviously it's all, it's all NDA at this point. Can't say what it is. Couldn't couldn't say exactly what it was, but it's this huge undertaking and the, the reading between the lines going to be really expensive. And I basically said, okay, and it's going to take us, here's what we're going to do. And, and he was listening rapturously and, uh, I finished up and he basically said, wow, I really like it. That sounds really exciting, but I want it two years earlier. <laughs> and I'm like, thank Sweet. you. Yeah. And yeah. he's Let's like, put yeah. more pressure behind it. And yeah. he's like, yeah, my team loves that kind of pressure and yeah. it's refreshing yeah. to have that kind of, that kind of pressure where it's not, you know what? The right business thing to do might not be to build it two years faster because time is money. And when you want more time, you got to pay money. And, you know, both of them were, they, they were human, but they were still very professional. These guys obviously didn't reach VP level in a company like Intel without learning to, learning to talk around, yeah, yeah, learning yeah. to speak corporate, speak a little bit. But the good news is that, you know, I'm familiar enough with that manner of communication that I can see it and I can go, okay. So what you're saying is there's this willingness to invest in technology for the sake of building cool stuff and doing it now. Which is how you get really intense fans. Well, yeah. And those really intense fans is how you sell lots of stuff because we've talked about this before. Lots of like friend groups or family units will have like the tech person and everyone in that friend group or family unit will just do what that person says. And not just do what that person says, you gotta understand that at the enthusiast level, right? Even though Intel's market share in, in, the, de- in the broader desktop space might still be excellent because they can just produce more than AMD. In the enthusiast space, it's, it's we've rough. seen reports coming out of retailers in Europe that have basically said, yeah, like Intel and AMD, like neck and neck, or even that AMD is out ahead. And it's more than just what those enthusiasts say. I mean, it's what those enthusiasts have experience with. That's It's trust, right? Yeah. Like if you have AMD in your system and you're like, yeah, uh, you know, the 10850K or whatever is a really good deal right now. Uh, because, you know, Intel clearly has a fire lit under their butt to move these things and stay competitive. I'm going to go, well, look, I'm not that budget constrained. I don't mind spending an extra $30, which in the grand scheme of buying a new gaming machine is not that much money. What do you run? That's how that conversation goes. That's what they want to know. They don't want to know what's a good bang for the buck that I calculate on a spreadsheet. They want to know what are you running? And like the biggest problem, I think, when when Ryzen's were were starting to kind of hit the scene in the beginning yeah was a lot of people that have used intel for many years potentially their whole lives yeah um were worried about like am i now going to have problems because cpus are generally not something that you really have a problem with right so you went like i'm I'm taking this piece of my system that has been rock solid for years and i'm replacing it with some different brand is this going to be an issue and it i think that was the biggest problem with ryzen adoption for a long time was they needed to show everyone like no we're cool this is fine well gen 1 was also kind of a piece of gen 1 for a while. was also not amazing but they <laughs> they figured it out um and so yeah like brand loyalty especially with something that doesn't have a lot of problems is tough to overtake like if there's something in your life that you have 
a, a, a version of it and it works completely fine. Yeah. And a very reasonable amount of time in the future, you need another version. You're very likely to just go back. Buy to, the new one. Yeah. I like I like i7. I'll have the latest I'll i7, have the please. New, yeah. Done. Yep. Yeah. And that that's true across like a huge range of things. It's not just computer components. Absolutely. Like for example, I I like telling you about our sponsors. Yeah. I you know, I I get I get one sponsor and I think, gee, that was a good sponsor. I think I'll do it again. I'll have another, please. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about LG's Ultra Gear GP9 gaming speaker. Let me tell you, this thing is not cheap. Okay? Not cheap, but it's actually legitimately really cool. So it's got an ES9038 Pro quad DAC um, plugging into it with headphones. So, okay, the, the main jam of it is that it acts as kind of like a gaming soundbar, uh, but with surprisingly good positional audio. And then plugging into it with headphones, I was actually really, really impressed, again, by how accurate the positional audio is out of this thing. Uh, there's EQ customization through the Xboom LG app for iOS and Android. It's got RGB lighting, of course. It allows you to quickly and conveniently switch between the speaker and headphones just with a single button. It's got Bluetooth, so if you want to use it as a Bluetooth speaker, you can also do that. And it features echo cancellation and noise cancellation. So if you've got your, your game running through it, oops, I turned it on. <laughs> if you've got your game running through it, oh, well, there's, there's the RGB lighting. Uh, um, apparently it's battery-based. You can still talk to someone through it. You can still use it for your comms, and it actually does an outstanding job. We did a short circuit on this recently. Uh, it does an outstanding job of blocking everything out. So you guys can check that out at the link down below. The show is also brought to you by TuxCare. Thank you, TuxCare. Does your business run open source software like MySQL, MariaDB, or Post... Oh, man. See, I, this, I hate it when this Postgres? happens. I am not, I don't even... I'm not, it's not in front of me, but Postgres? PostgreSQL? Postgres SQL. Sure, whatever. Is it difficult to find the time to patch against security issues because your stakeholders don't want the disruption? I mean, that's a thing. Are you afraid <laughs> your data will leak or be stolen? Database care from TuxCare has you covered. You no longer need to stop the database just for patching. That's right. No disruptions, no complaints, no exploits. Database Care applies patches on the fly while the database is running. So click the link below to get live patching for your open source databases with Database Care. Hey, thanks, TuxCare. Love you guys. One of these days, you'll have a sponsor read where there's nothing that I don't know how to pronounce in it. But it is not this day. Uh, thank you, FreshBooks, for sponsoring The WAN Show today. FreshBooks is an invoicing and accounting solution that's built for owners and their clients. FreshBooks says the average user saves 46 hours a month from not dinking around with complicated, annoying accounting software and gets paid over two weeks faster. That's crazy. Those are huge pluses for freelancers and small business owners who just don't have time to waste on invoicing, payment processing, and accounting. Over 3,000 business owners have rated them an average of four and a half out of five stars on GetApp, and it's super easy to get up and running with their award-winning support. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days, no credit card required, at freshbooks.com slash when. Just make sure you enter when in the how did you hear about us section. Just for the future, everyone just calls it Postgres. Postgres. You just don't, you don't say the whole thing. Already then. Just call it Postgres. Good to know. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about today, Luke? Um, Pixel 6 and Pixel Pass? Yeah. Hit me. Google is working on a subscription service called Pixel Pass. Um, it bundles a Pixel a phone. subscription service? 
I'll pass. Hey! hey! <laughs> okay, sorry. I it don't know. It might be good. Might be good. It bundles a Pixel phone with a collection of Google services, YouTube Premium uh, slash music because it's one thing. Uh, Google One. I literally have no idea what that is. I forget because I don't care, but I definitely knew what it was at some point. Let me double check. <laughs> uh, Play Pass, which is like games on your Android phone, and Google Fi. Uh, what's notably missing is Stadia and Google TV. That's just a little awkward. It would be nice if it had Stadia on it. Um, really? I so mean, you I can play so much it. Stadia? It would feel more rounded out. So you can play considering all four it games has on Stadia? Play <laughs> considering, it has, <laughs> considering it has Play Pass, it would feel more rounded out. I wouldn't really want to use it, but that's that's its own thing. Uh, no word on pricing yet. And I, I believe, I don't see the answer to this in here, but I, I think you get, I think the whole idea is that you get a, a Pixel, right? Uh, yeah, like, I don't think it, oh, it, there it is. I didn't read this line. It bundles a Pixel phone with all those services. So, Got it. Yeah. So Google One is basically cloud storage. And Google Fi is their, like, um, cell phone service, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a phone plan. So you're getting a phone, a phone plan, storage, some mobile games, YouTube Premium, YouTube Music. Yeah. I don't know. And you get to keep paying for your phone. Yep. Over time. I mean, I yep. guess if you were already going to subscribe to a bunch of those services anyway, it's not the stupidest thing ever. It's really not that different yep. than a normal phone plan, though. It's a normal phone plan plus extra steps. Play Pass and Google One and YouTube Premium. That being said, Google Fi, for the short period of time that I used it, because it ended up being cheaper when I was on the road than an alternative service, like right. buying a local SIM. So I had a very, very temporary Google Fi. It was really good. Okay. It was genuinely really good. So I don't know whose towers it's on though. Google doesn't have their own, so. I was in Taiwan, so I have no idea oh. there. Okay, um, well, shows you what I know then. Uh, and in, in the States, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so like your service is gonna be its own thing. I was also gonna say, what was really nice about it was I could like pause the service or cancel the service whenever, but this is probably not the case on a Pixel Pass. So you kind of lose that flexibility, I'm assuming. Here's the Pixel 6 page that was leaked. Smarter chip, boost to camera magic with tensor cores. Probably totally borked on release, just like almost every other one. Hey, roasted. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Google partners with T-Mobile in the US. Okay. Okay, there you go. I don't think it's a thing in Canada, if I remember correctly. All day battery life. I got to say, battery life is one thing that is borderline on the fold i will very regularly be extremely close to the end of my battery at the end of the day with that said i have it set to 85 percent maximum charge so that i am hopefully going to retain that what little capacity i have for as long as possible but this is with me usually plugging it in in my car on the way to and from work so the fact that we're so close and i'm actually giving it probably about 10 percent worth of juice throughout the day is pretty uh Pretty tough. Pretty tough. Uh, hmm. Qualcomm. This is in our notes here. Qualcomm is apparently um, mad, brah, that another, <laughs> yet another company is making smartphone SOCs rather than just using Snapdragon. I mean, if Qualcomm doesn't like it, maybe they should have, um, you know, been more consistent about delivering big performance improvements Bef year after year. Before we jump there, I was trying to find this. Um, I... I I was surprised it wasn't in the dock, and then I guess I forgot about it. I'm going to throw it at the very top of the dock, right below the next WAN show thing, right above 
yeah, you'll see it. Screen Rant, Nokia 6310, a new version of the unbreakable brick phone. Wait, sorry, I, I tuned out for a second here because this is hilarious. What? Um, the Snapdragon, uh, the Qualcomm tweet about this is, okay, we've decided to make our own smartphone SOC instead of using Snapdragon, and then it's this, this, uh, this Twitter trend where you put a bunch of red oh. flags. <laughs> And it's like, well, yeah, but the problem is that you guys have been a big part of the reason that Android gets such crappy post-sales support. So um, apparently the Tensor chip that Google is using is going to allow Google to provide five years of updates, which it's about freaking time because Android has looked stupid compared to what Apple provides for iOS devices for years now. I mean, Horst did a, Jonathan Horst, uh, who's our host for Mac Address, did a video recently where he installed the latest iOS on an iPhone SE. Like, that's insane. That is pretty intense. Where do you find this talk? Where is that's this insane. You know that phone, okay? That, that, um, that, that, little, that little phone that we used to use for the FLIR thermal camera, the little clip-in lightning one? Yeah. Back when yeah. you were still working as yeah, a writer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that phone can run the latest version of iOS. <laughs> we still have it. That is pretty sweet. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, this is in here. Okay. All right. Sorry, what were you talking about? Sorry, New I, Nokia phone? I was what, trying to find this? this topic the whole time because I was trying to figure out what you are talking about. I, I didn't realize it was the same thing. Okay, yeah. Go to the very top of the dock. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. What do we got here? It's amazing. The 6310 brick phone is back, and it got a facelift. So is this running Android or what? I think so, but it comes with Snake. Tired of powerful smartphones that can do everything? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. I mean, uh, people keep saying, for those who long for simpler times, Nokia has something just for you. But, yeah, but it, the Nokia brand was bought out like who even owns the Nokia brand Nokia is not doing anything if you think of it as like the Nokia that used to do stuff who bought Nokia brand phone and it's also just like kind of garbage <laughs> uh HMD Global Oi whatever whatever HMD Global Oi is it has 16 mega megabytes of of RAM like yeah. what who does HMD Global own Key people, brands. Okay, they own Nokia. It doesn't say doesn't say what else. So they've added some new features, such as the ability to zoom on menus for easier read readability and wireless FM radio. <laughs> hey, FM radio, that's the future right there. I was gonna I was gonna challenge you to do like a, a, a like a one week I switched or something, but honestly, it just seems too terrible. Yeah, I mean, I could. It might be an interesting video, but I don't think I will. No. Yeah. Speaking of things I don't think I'll do, I don't think I will dodge the controversy around our Hasanabi build. Okay, yeah, tell me about it. So, do you know who nope. Hasanabi is? Nope. Okay, so I think I think when we went live, uh, he was actually live on Twitch, so I he's probably probably still live. That was only like an hour oh, ago. Oh, I don't know his full name, I guess. This is Hassan, the, the Twitch streamer. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's just, sorry, Hasanabi is just his handle. So, I yes. Know. Hassan, um, we uh, sort of randomly kind of hooked up over Twitter when he was like, yo, I need a PC. And I was like, sure. Sure, why not? And so we decided for fun that we wanted to make the most left PC. 
the most left-leaning PC. And so far on Floatplane, it has managed to generate a significant amount of controversy. I think that this is one of the worst like-dislike ratios that I have ever seen on a video on Floatplane. And a lot of the controversy seems to be because people um, find Hassan to be a very polarizing figure. Okay. And or they think that we are kind of taking a stand that really our intention was never to to take. Now, obviously, if we're building a PC for Hassan, it's going to be Hassan themed. So you can see that we've got this um, wonderful hammer and sickle oh, wow. uh, decal for the front. Oh, my. The color scheme is red. Oh, my. Obviously. And we've got this delightful side panel graphic that the one and only Sarah Butt created for us. We've got Jeff Bezos on a plate with some broccoli. It's good for you. Um, uh, wait, he's a Twitch streamer, though. I mean... I don't know anything about this dude. I know that he like exists. I know his name. That's it. I I don't know. There's a there's a weird dichotomy going on here though, because <laughs> he's just like theoretically a pretty huge amount of his efforts is just making Bezos richer. Uh yes. Um, I think I I want to think that he's aware of the irony okay. of that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't know. I yeah sure. Yeah, so I guess I just want to kind of get out ahead of this and say, look, the point of this video is to have some fun. Uh, the point of this video is to, to make a PC for a prominent creator. Um, we we kind of take some shots at both sides. You know, we, uh, we're, we're just, can we just, here, can we just all be friends? Can we just build a PC for someone and, you know, kind of take some shots at their viewpoints, take some shots at the other viewpoints, you know, and, and so just you shot at both sides, so just everyone hates it. Is that what's going on? <laughs> Is that what's happening? You're the enemy of everyone. I like it. That's good. I'm probably gonna enjoy this video. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. That's fantastic. Oh man. Yeah. So we should have I mean, I guess I guess maybe Wait, no, I don't like it. I've stopped my float plane membership over this. No. Stop. <laughs> come back. Yeah, please please come back. Please come back. We still we we really need you. Um we we need you float plane float plane. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where I, I understand there's nothing we're going to be able to do to to make everyone happy. So I guess we're just going to make everyone unhappy while we're at it. Maybe I, I don't know what what's next. The Ben Shapiro PC. Like what would be what would be an equivalent? <laughs> the, the, the joke. You know, the joke. We, we make it out of uh, we make it out of that one piece of wood. From Home Depot. The Joe Rogan PC. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be not Please try not to get us cancelled, Luke. <laughs> I was gonna say you can water cool it with ivermectin. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All right. 
I guess that's uh, I guess that's pretty much it. You know, <laughs> Geomaster337 says, what about the Trump PC? Throwback to Tech Showdown. You know what's funny is I actually tried many times to get a Trump PC off the ground internally. I wanted to do I wanted to do just the gaudiest, oh, tackiest, all white and gold PC. And then for part two. I wanted to attempt to hand deliver it to the White House. <laughs> that was that was that was my that was my plan. I wanted to do it. Nick would not allow it. He was like, "No." I'm like, "Look, we don't have to take a stance." And for that matter, you know, when there's a Democratic president, I'd happily build a PC for them as well. I don't care. For me, it was just like the fact that it would be so easy to build a themed PC around that guy. Would be epic. Just like, oh man, like it would just have to be like the front of it. You, you can picture it, right? Like it would have to be the tallest PC with oh. the biggest letters. You know, like it would just be, it would just be hilarious. Yeah. It would have been hilarious. It would have been, it would have been huge. <laughs> and Nick was like, Absolutely not. Uh, Joel and True says Nick is smart. You should listen to he, him. He did. To be fair. I did. I yeah. did. I did yeah. listen to. I did listen. Sometimes to Nick. Linus takes counsel. Not always. Sometimes. Look. Sometimes I. I understand that my kind of irreverent sense of humor is not shared by other people. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think there's also. Yeah, I don't know. This video is gonna be interesting to watch. Yeah. Are you guys gonna? Is it going to YouTube? Yeah, it's going to YouTube. Yeah. I'm. I'm not gonna back down. I'm not gonna back down. It's. Uh, it's going to YouTube. It's. It's the. It's the left leaning PC. It literally leans to the left. <laughs> we took two of the feet off. <laughs> and we are not shipping Hassan the feet. Like there's no. Oh there's God. no. Haha! Just kidding. Go ahead and put the feet back on. Oh, that's so This is funny. literally like a $5,000, $6,000 computer that is missing two of the feet on the case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Um, there's going to be some inconveniences when Hassan gets it. There's going to be some stuff that, like, is not the best. I don't know that he has the technical know-how to fix it. <laughs> For example, every time you boot it up, you get to listen to... Not just a little bit of, but the entire Soviet Union national anthem. <laughs> if you try to cancel it, uh, your, like win your Windows Explorer will not load. <laughs> and you will have to reboot your computer and sit through it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, man. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a macro. You should have made it so that there was a power bar like built into the computer so that it had to share the, the power that it received. Um, what there is, is a oh. pre-installed folding at home instance, uh, oh, so you can share your nice. CPU. Yes! Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I think I'm going to enjoy this video. I think it's going to be funny. Yeah. I think I can understand in the current political climate how people are, you know, edgy, a little edgy about it. Just all I'm going to ask is just try to watch it with a sense of humor instead of trying to watch it with like a... Uh, uh, hating everyone and everything kind of kind of thing like i i just i don't need to be canceled over this i just was like hey uh, the the leftist pc that's kind of a funny theme for a build let's do it and um 
you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really like learn much about Hassan. I had one call with him where I kind of talked through his, his tech plan. Um, but, but like, that was kind of the extent of it. I was like, this seems like a pretty cool theme for a build. Let's do it. And for better or for worse, it's going, did he, did he know the, the theme? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think he knew quite the extent of it. <laughs> like, I told him that it might have two left side panels on it. So, like, one of them might have fitment issues. I didn't tell him the whole thing was going to, like, sit crooked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, uh, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Log1x says, we need the Ben Shapiro PC. I mean, yeah... I I don't know. I don't know what anybody needs. I, I'm not the doctor. I don't have the right prescription for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got in terms of topics? Oh, this is a, this is a pretty big topic. Um, LTT Store. We don't have any new product launches this week or anything crazy like that. So just a reminder, we got great mouse pads. By the way, Luke, I am so grateful that you guys finally got reviews working on the site uh, because check this out. We have over 2,000 five-star reviews for the Northern Lights desk pad. Did you have any idea? No, actually, that's huge. We have sold a couple desk pads. Uh, just a few. Yeah. Just a few. Yeah. 2,000 reviews. But uh, what we do have is an announcement. We are starting a newsletter. And um, Nick and I got together and basically said, okay, how do we make this newsletter not crappy? Now, obviously, in a newsletter, you can have, you know, discounts or you can have announcements for new products or whatever else. But that's just marketing. And I don't see us as a marketing company. I see us as a content company. And a, the way that we market is by making great content that people want to watch and people want to, uh, you know, share in the experiences that we're having. And if they see us going like, oh, yeah, gee, that does seem like a really good way to keep your water cold and stay hydrated. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna buy the water bottle. They're going to trust us to do a great job of all the things we do. Like the way, that we, the way that we market is by just making quality whatever it is that we do, right? And so I was like, yeah, look, I just, I don't, I think it's fine for us to have things like product announcements, but everyone signs up for those newsletters. They do it for whatever incentive there is in the first place, whether it's a 10% coupon code or whatever the case may be. I was be. on the NCX one. And then they immediately stop looking at them. Oh, I kept looking at it. Well, the NCIX one was because you regularly bought computer hardware. And the NCIX newsletter was just the price sheet. It just, yeah, it just told you when the price sheet was updated. Yeah. So anyway, the point <laughs> is, like a lot of brand newsletters, you sign up for them and then you stop reading them. That's true. And so what Nick and I got together and tried to figure out was what can we do to make our newsletter not boring and, and the kind of thing that people should actually want to subscribe to. And it was like, Eureka, content. It should just be yet another content stream from Linus Media Group. So guess what our newsletter is going to be? I don't know. There will be product announcements. Okay. There will be offers and stuff okay. like that. But most, Tell me more. most importantly, it's going to be the inside scoop on what we're working on. And so the first one is either has gone out or is about to go out. And uh, I th apparently we're calling it The Leak. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Because um, maybe I guess this is based on how often I, I leak the LTT store stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but the point is, hey, guys, uh, product release notifications and discounts are cool, but they're also boring. The goal you of our newsletter. The, the pre-release version of The Leak to Imager? I guess so. 
Nice. Yeah, don't worry about it. The goal of our newsletter is to give you all a look behind the scenes. So this is going to be the first one. Uh, You've probably seen the new WAN hoodie. Hey, I'm wearing it in videos from time to time, but we haven't given you a detailed look yet before you ask. It's coming soon, really, really soon. When you're here, when they're here, you'll be the first to know. And we've got our first kind of detailed images of what the new hoodie is going to look like. So it's what the store is working on. Yes, it's what Creator Warehouse is working on. Then this is really cool. Um, So this is a lot of stuff will either be a long time or could never even see the light of day. But we work on all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, even down to the, uh, the systems that we're trying to build for embedding magnets in children's toys so that we can make the baby's first PC toy. Have you seen that thing? Apparently Hassan watched us talking about that. Oh, that's so. hilarious. That's funny. Sup, Hassan. Anyway, sorry. Keep um, have I seen what, sorry? Have you, have you seen that like baby's first PC thing? I have. You've been talking to me yeah. about this concept for like years, but no, I haven't. Seen Jacob it. has a prototype like, oh, cool. near where you sit. You should go, go okay. ask him to see it. It's yeah. pretty cool. The yeah. point is that it uses magnets to snap all the parts into place so you yeah. can build a PC. The problem is that kids' toys are really, really challenging to make kids safe, and magnets are extremely dangerous, especially yeah. if they are uh, like rare earth, ma- like strong magnets. If they're ingested, they can rip up your insides. Um, and so what we have been doing is we've been doing a lot of R&D on how to embed magnets in blocks really safely. And that's the kind of thing that we never really get an opportunity to talk about. We just eventually release the product and we're like, hey, here's a product, you can buy it. But there's so much that we learn that we never teach you guys about. And I'm looking at it going, well, this is wasted. This is a wasted opportunity. If we're going to learn this stuff, we might as well talk about it. So um, the big one that I was really excited about for this week is the uh, jacket that we're working on that uses 3D printed down fabric. 3D printed down. What? Right? So natural down fabrics are known for their thermal insulation and their padding, and this fabric is no different. It's got a high CLO value, so that describes the degree of insulation provided by a piece of clothing. Uh, One CLO is about equal to the amount of clothing required by a resting human to maintain thermal comfort at room temperature. It's relatively breathable, and it can be actually laminated with a membrane to make a 100% waterproof and super comfortable jacket. This is super cool. So we've got a close-up of the fabric that was used on a reference sample we got from our supplier. You can see it looks like a normal woven fabric but it's actually 3d printed and then we've got a really early look at what our jacket based on this might end up looking like super cool so we'll use the newsletter as an opportunity to talk about what we're doing behind the scenes probably end up teaching you guys a thing or two like we've learned so much about mold flow simulation like plastic molds as we've created the screwdriver because um, it, it was not as simple as just finding an OEM screwdriver and silkscreening our label onto it. That was not going to fly for us. And it's been, oh, has that ever been Someone in the chat said, please do not call it 3D printed down. It would be 3D printed synthetic insulation. How, how, yeah, how does it work? How is 3D printed down? I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. I'm just going based on what the Creator Warehouse team told me. So I can get back to you on that one. Uh, Nick's probably watching the show, so maybe he'll figure that out and uh, figure it out for the newsletter. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> hey. Anyway, the point is we've got uh, probably one more topic for you guys today. You want to talk about the Vive Flow? Yeah, sure. Let's jump to it. Give me one sec. Where's the topic? Okay, so they're more... 
they they are a significant step forward towards the glasses type stuff it's a it's a vr headset aimed at the average person and they're looking to make vr more mainstream it's lightweight 189 grams has a 100 degree fov 3.2k resolution 75 hertz refresh rate speakers and noise and echo canceling mics um there's there's a comment saying it could be decent for virtual meetings i don't think we're there yet um but mm-hmm. maybe it's a step in that direction. Uh, two front-facing cameras to handle inside-out motion tracking uh, with plans for hand tracking in the future, hey, whatever. Um, it costs $499. Meh. It's a Qualcomm XR1 chipset, 64 gigs of storage with no expansion slots. Um, they look trendy. 75 hertz, though. 75 hertz. They look trendy. Okay. And they're very light. But they're 75 hertz. But they're 75 hertz. All right. See you later. And in Canada, they're $650. Cool. Yeah. Time for Super Chats. Hey! (laughs) Oh, man. You guys send too many Super Chats. You guys are going to have to dial it back and stop sending so many Super Chats because I really can't read them all. Um, I, like, need to get home at the end of the show. So, hey... 1218 says, I paid MSRP for my PlayStation 5, got an email from Sony inviting me to buy one. Just had to sign in with my account. Got it in four days. Yeah, not bad. Um, Nostal- Nostalgia Trip says, when an official source starts to price increase, it's anarchy. The wild card at the end of the day increases the price for normal people. Not that the scalpers would care. They make the same regardless. When official I'm source actually not quite sure what price, you're talking it's about. anarchy? Okay, Akiruk Savage says, devil's advocate for Best Buy. This will likely help prevent scalping as well. I worked store pickups. Um, PS5s went the sa- to the same two to three people every shipment. They have rules saying you can only buy two, so you'll have to buy a subscription for each order. Oh, that's interesting. Because you would need a new subscription. Yeah, you could do that rule without one. charging 200 bucks a year. You knew it was the same people yeah. picking it up every time. That is the worst. No, <laughs> I do not accept that at all. I'm sorry, dude. That's not okay. <laughs> That is so ridiculous. Like it, the the comment that just came up, like, oh, I just had to sign in with my account. It's like, yeah, just go to Sony's web. Like, this is how it should work. Just go to Sony's website. Yeah. S- make a PSN account. Like we were talking about how memberships are okay. It's a membership. Whatever. You don't even have to pay for it. And then it just works that way. They could even make it so you have to uh, like log in with PSN or something to show right. that like at the store. I don't care how it works, but like this. Hmm. Well, at any rate, um, yeah. spaceman. Are there any cosmetic ways we can pimp out our PCs? Might be a fun thing to do in the chip shortage for a lot less. Um, we kind of tried that with Tech Showdown. You guys didn't really like it because we're not very good at it. It was fun. Uh, ben S. says, retailer websites should sell hot items using a silent offer system. I actually strongly disagree with that. Yeah, we have wow. a silent offer system for real estate in Canada and it has caused a lot of big problems. Yeah. Uh, Mike Slovak says, I wonder if this is the, some kind of situation where the shipping companies and manufacturing plants are taking the highest profit margin, which is in turn rating the MSRP. Shipping costs are going up, but I can tell you right now that manufacturing plants are probably not the largest contributor because usually they are contractually bound to whatever, whatever cost they've agreed on with the, um, with the brand, be it Sony or Microsoft or whatever the case may be. Um, all right. Armand says, could you give some insight into why retailers don't offer back orders? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I can. Uh, LTT store doesn't offer back orders because I don't want to deal with it. It's, well, honestly, 
it generates so many more complaints than it does happy customers. Yeah, we just do the, the back-end stock notifications. Yeah, as soon as you take someone's money, they're your customer. And now they're always right. And when they say, I should have it now, they're right, except I don't have it. So I can't give it to you. I can't give it to you. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. And so for me, you know, Nick and I have gone back and forth about this a lot. He is far more in support of back orders than I am, but I've pushed back hard every time because we've seen situations where he and I both almost pulled the trigger on allowing pre-ordering or back ordering. Like say for example, the shipment was in the port in Vancouver. We're like, okay, let's just let's just turn it on and say it'll ship out in a week. Boom, delays in the port. It takes two to three weeks to hit us or it's in customs or whatever. And we're like, whew, dodged a bullet. Because you do not want, and we're at the scale now where we could launch a product and we could have literally thousands of people pre-order or back-order it. Yeah. You do not want thousands of support tickets. How many people like still have their receipts or not anymore, I guess, but remember the Duke Nukem Forever or whatever? People had receipts that were like yes. nine years old. They were yellow and you could barely tell what it was yes, for anymore. Like that. all this junk. It's just like, no, dude, just take the money when you have the product. Um, Gar Woody says, love the show. I watch from the UK. Would you consider a video about PCIe lanes? I believe we've done that before on the Tech Quickie channel. Uh, PCIe lanes. Let's have a look here. Yep, the sneaky thing about PCI Express, uh, CPU versus chipset. So we kind of explain how, uh, how the lanes are connected within your computer. Thanks, Anthony Nunya. Uh, Jordan says, as borders open up, I know that LTX is going to be on your minds. Are ticket buyers from 2020 going to be invited to access the next LTX early? That's a really great question, and I have no idea. Um, how we're going to tackle that. It seems like it's one of those that would be the right thing to do things, but the logistics of it may end up being too complicated. I don't think we're going to have limited ticket availability, though. For certain classes of ticket, like a VIP, we will. But for general admission, I think we sh we're going to be in the convention center next time we do it, so we should be able to accept as many people as, as want to come. Uh, and the BYOC land is probably also going to be limited, but... What we're going to have to see how it goes. Sorry, we're going to play that by ear. There's a comment in Floatplane yeah. um, that says, uh, I feel like there was a technical inaccuracy with the Monoprice uh, DisplayPort cable. It's an active cable that won't function correctly with the tester. The tester only works well with passive cables. That Monoprice cable, to my knowledge, is not an active cable. I don't know. Just reading the comment. Yeah, yeah you just, that, that DisplayPort cable? Yeah, no, it's just a thick old copper cable. Sorry, Capes, I, I don't think so. Um, it's a really old one. Maybe Monoprice's long display ports are active now. I don't believe that older one was, though. Okay. Uh, what was I looking at here? Uh, Brad says, I love how open LTT is about sponsors and finances. To that end, does Secret Labs pay for having their chairs on the WAN show? And if not, why? I don't know if they do. Um, I, I could certainly ask. Uh, <laughs> if they do, it's probably not that much <laughs> wan show is kind of like we do wan show because we love wan show <laughs> it's not the most profitable thing we do yeah. to be clear we're not we're not losing money by any stretch of the imagination especially because of great sponsors like lg today as well hey. as 
uh, fresh books and tux care like that that makes when show make sense but just you know how much we would charge to like have a chair back there i i suspect it's not very much then again maybe maybe it's a lot i i just legitimately don't know thanks matt hedgecock uh and i think that's pretty much the end of it yep yeah all right uh hey thanks uh shifter 999 yeah Stuart. This is a really important topic. Oh, uh, Disney has not been paying some authors uh, for several properties like Star Wars, formerly owned by Lucasfilm and Fox. Check out the hashtag Disney must pay. Yeah. Uh, if anyone was wondering if Disney is an unscrupulous company, if you were somehow still wondering for like that, ever, by the way. Um, yeah. If you were like wondering since that inception, this is not do anything. check out hashtag Disney must pay. It's atrocious. It's it's actually horrible. Um, yeah. I mean, between that and the meager credit and payments that the writers responsible for the storylines in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are getting, between that and that, um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just not a question of whether Disney is unscrupulous or not. Linux update. Linux update. Uh, you guys are just going to have to wait for the video. I got to get home and relieve my childcare. Okay. 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 Bye, guys. Bye. Eckhart's ladder covers apparently the Disney stuff. I like that. Hi, Nick Apple. I got this. Uh, oh, and oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, oh, Rick. <laughs> How is this happening? I don't understand. <laughs>